Raise it up for the bait and drop. 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 What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from Seattle, Ballard, Washington. Boys are back. Hell of an intro. A little zombie nation for the people after an incredible, incredible comeback. Feels like the first of the year. It actually is the second. I'll fire it up, boys. We got an awesome episode. It's March. Let's get this thing rolling. Uh, this week, we got the headlines as per usual. Uh, my bad. It was it was the hum, not zombie nation. Thanks for pointing that out, Coop. <laughs> a lot of a lot of great stuff happened this week. I don't know. I'm speechless. That was that just got me so fired up. Um, Lady Zags win a thriller. Dak Prescott on contract. We'll talk all about it. Uh, Gonzaga just the BYU recap. A lot of thoughts there. Uh, Jalen Suggs is the closer. He's the man. Uh, and then we look forward to the tourney, including a segment we talk a little bit about one team we might not want to see in not like a one seed, but more of like a three, four, five, six that we don't want to see in the tournament. So, whew, boys, how are we feeling today? Um, I mean, I was feeling a little tired, but guys, I mean, that, that just got me going. This is Jake, by the way. I'm just too flustered. <laughs> uh, but I am pumped. It's it's March. There's this basketball all day, every day, and Zags are already rolling. What's up, what's up? Special guest Zane here, sitting a little further away from the mic this week. Um, boys, we had our first, you know, game since probably December that, you know, felt a little scary this week. It was a little, little nerve wracking at times. This is what March is about. This is what this team is here for. This is why we're here. I felt a pulse for the first time in a while. Had quite a few whiskeys. I'm fired up, ready to go. Let's go boys. Absolutely. That was definitely evident by our group chat. Everyone was a little on edge yesterday, but as always, we're joined by our lovely interns, Coop, Zambi. I'm sure Baja's in there. No Dan. It's probably strike a thousand, but who's counting at this point? Um, now let's jump into the sports headlines this week. Uh, phase two is complete. Gonzaga wins the WCC tournament and remain undefeated, which means now the undefeated season and winning a national championship are forever intertwined. Boys, what do we think? It was great um, because this one because they've they've asked Mark Few and, and the whole team you know all seasons like oh have you been thinking about this going undefeated and they've always just kind of brushed it off because clearly we just want to win a championship but now that it's one and the same there's like yeah actually it's it's really cool and like we're we're just being compared to all these historic teams and that's a huge accomplishment but I I think just from all the interviews we saw yesterday after that that crazy win that. We are so focused for March that uh, I, it, I'm so excited. So excited. Yeah. First first undefeated team heading into the tournament since the 2015 Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. Correct. If I'm not mistaken, the cat. Is that cat Booker? Yep. yep. Booker coming off the bench. I mean, <laughs> twins. What company? What company? Um, man, on this podcast, you know, we've talked a couple times about, like, you know, sometimes the importance of getting that loss out of the way. We saw that 2017 when we went to the Natty. Historic run. We lost to BYU, senior night. That is not an option this year. The only option now is to win the whole goddamn thing and go undefeated from start to finish. First time since the Hoosiers have done it. That's what we're up against. And I welcome that challenge with open arms. 
Absolutely. It's it's essentially the start of a new season. You know, everyone's starting on the same page here. Uh, if you're lo- if you lose, you're out. And um, God, I mean, I'm just so fired up about this team. I think it was cool to see so much emotion last night. Um, a lot of emotion that you don't generally see from uh, Mark Few, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kisper, all those guys. I mean, Timmy, you get it quite a bit because he's just an enthusiastic guy. You gotta love it. But anyways, we'll touch a lot more on that in our uh, Gonzaga segment, but let's move on. Lady Zags win the WCC tournament in dramatic fashion. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I was watching this on my phone, actually, during my work day. Sorry, Riley. I was uh, catching up on the WCC tournament uh, lady side. But that was an electric buzzer beater. Uh, Jill Townsend hit Townsend, right? That's how you say it? Mm-hmm. Townsend. Townsend. Yeah. Townsend. Townsend hit a buzzer beater. It was her first bucket of the night when she's typically one of the leading scorers, I believe. I think I heard a stat. It's like 14 a game she mm-hmm. scores. Um, all around gutsy win. You know, the team had food poisoning. Uh, what was it? Most of, it sounds like most of their starters. It sounded like six um, players. Yeah. Right? Six players. <laughs> I mean, Sheesh. there's multiple Michael Jordan flu games there. I mean, <laughs> what else can we say about it? Well, it was crazy because after she made the shot, um, they reviewed it because it was just, it was a literal buzzer beater. So she had to immediately go back to the bench and sit by the trash can again because she had just been sitting by the trash can all night because she just felt like she was going to throw up the entire game. And the coach was like, hey, we need you for this one set. Go win the game, then you can go throw up in your bucket. Wow. Yeah, and this, I mean, dude, when you talk about, like, gutsy for the Zags, this was a gutsy performance. (laughs) An absolute freaking meltdown by BYU, though. I mean, the score at half was 22 to 13. We only put up 13 points in the in the first half. Uh and so it, it was it was a mountain to climb but they climbed it. Um BYU blowing two 13 point leads oh. at half. Were we down 13 also in the on the men's side? We were down 12, we were down 12, 12 but 14 at one double point. Digit, blowing, double digit. BYU blowing double digit leads in the championships. Oh my god, what a time to be a BYU <laughs> fan. Man, and such stupid fouls by BYU women down the stretch. It was <laughs> Very similar to the BYU against Pepperdine the night before, the men's team. It was just like, they should have won those games so, so handily. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I better just, we're up four, better foul quick. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but caps off to the ladies. That was that was a fucking awesome win. Um, and just the story behind it. I mean, you could actually see, like, the girls were, like, physically ill in their faces and just kind of how they were moving. I was like, whoa, these guys look like ghosts out here but happy that they uh they were able to just gut it out um but let's keep it moving huge news for our boy our boy coop dak prescott signs a 160 million dollar contract the cowboys get their guy they pay the man coop what are your thoughts yeah i uh gotta admit you know pretty surprising here that we get a deal done i figured that jerry you know, with the whole Dak injury back in September, whenever it was that we would have franchise tagged him again and just, you know, see if he still had his, had his stuff. But no, signed to a long-term deal. I think the most guaranteed money, $126 million, I want to say. And yeah, did we overpay for him? Yes. But I'm not sure there was a better all there. I mean, we probably, the next best thing is probably trading for either Russ or Deshaun, and that would have cost us a shit ton. So 
you know, happy he's our guy, unlike, uh, you know, Mr. JQ, who has no clue who the Bears quarterback's going to be. Uh-oh. Whoa. <laughs> hey, but we have Allen Robinson franchise tag, and we're definitely going to get Russ. So you heard it here first. I have an inside source. Ooh. I actually don't. But oh, <laughs> I have a good feeling in my gut that Russ is going to the Bears, especially now that the Cowboys are off the table. It, it kind of has that little mystique. You know how you go like there's just rumblings, and you know when there where there's smoke, there's fire on social media. It has that feeling to it. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it has that feeling to it. I don't know for, for Russ to the Bears. Yeah. Oh, okay. When you say smoke, this isn't smoke from a fire. This is steam from dry ice. <laughs> There's nothing going on with Russ to no. the Bears. No, this is the Vatican, and white smoke is coming out of the chimney. I, I love this because either way, I want to either get Jake's hopes too high and for him to get crushed or for our Seahawks fans to get crushed. Not just you, Zambi. All the Seahawks fans. So it's kind of a win-win for me. You're like a torturous teeter-totter over there, Paige. Yeah. Going going back to Dak, man, $160 million seems like a lot of money to pay a guy who just had, like, a pretty catastrophic leg injury. I mean, like, kind of similar to, like, what, Teddy Bridgewater, right? And it took Teddy, like, like he's a solid quarterback now, but yeah, it I took him kind of a while to get a, back to that point. a little bit of an exaggeration, Dan. I think that injury, Teddy Bridgewater was, was, I think, like, near death or, like, they almost had to, I think, you know, pretty much take off his leg. And yeah, obviously, like Alex Smith is, is like a whole other you know realm of injury. But no, I mean, obviously it's a serious injury, but I don't think it's near the severity of those two. Mm. Also, this is coming from a Rams fan with that Jared Goff contract. I don't know if they could talk about overpaying quarterbacks. Oh, we got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, huh? it, it cost you quite a bit. Oh nope, we got the best quarterback in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Detroit, I, I guess. Is... <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. Uh, but regardless, con- congrats, Dak and uh, the Cowboys for locking up their man. And I think that's all we have for sports headlines. I'm just nope. kidding. I'm kidding. Nope. I'm, nope. Kidding. Nope. I'm nope. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the fateful day has come. The Hot Wing Challenge came and it went uh, before my very eyes. I'll be the first to say I wasn't quite prepared for the level of heat. That was about to touch my lips that uh, that Saturday evening. Um, I'm not going to blame the wing size. And I'm not going to blame the amount of sauce per wing. Uh, but with that being said, I own it. And uh, that shit was hot. Let, uh, let us just remind everyone. Uh, I went back and watched the tape. Uh, he rated the first wing 6 out of 10. The second one, 7 out of 10. Third one, didn't even eat all of it. And quit. So, no, I finished the last no, one. No, no. I finished the last the tape, one. The tape says otherwise. You actually didn't even finish the second one because you took – You that pulled one the meat a, off the wing. That one was a goddamn <laughs> missile. The strategy was terrible yeah. of this. Dude, they were so thick. That one was literally this big. Well, the, the mistake, the mistake was just like you absolutely savored these wings. If you, if you go back – you took like – it was a 12-minute video for only three wings. With Jake and Zamblin, they freaking flew through their wings. Zamblin, what what did you see? Oh god. Yeah, so I just wanted to make a comment. I'm pretty sure Jake and Zane, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure on the second wing I did call Paige out saying that there's still a lot of meat on that boat. Yeah, I, I, I let him I let that slide because it was a large wing 
but we let it slide. I mean, there was a lot of chatter heading into this thing, and I'm glad you're owning it, but <laughs> yeah. only There's half no the punishment. Chatter. I never said I would crush it or anything, first off. The second wing was massive. That thing was a missile, okay? Anyways, it's whatever. I mean, great. I didn't win the wing challenge. Sick. <laughs> so, I'm the wing champion, right? No, you got to do that one. Do that one because you. Had, I had, you had one of you them. Had some, he did. He, I had the spiciest. Jake was honorable. He did have his. You had the spice. No, I'm saying you got to do all six that me and Zambi have had. Because before they were had, the exact same like six. Two, you had like two salsas on your wings. I will say, in order of difficulty, I think Zambi has had it the most difficult because he actually had six. Um, granted, I didn't bake them in. I think we've, we've decided the baking of into it. I think that might be a game changer as well. I don't know. I'm no expert, clearly. <laughs> but I, there's like, the thing was, was there's like two layers of sauce on these wings. I'm just saying you're penalizing me for my schedule. I'm the W, Gonzaga in the WCC right now, just blowing through my opponents and no one's giving me the respect I deserve. Zambi, close, close it out, Zambi, close it out. I think Zambi's the champ is what I'm saying. But okay, go for it. Yeah, so... I would like to nominate myself as the champion, similar to UCF, because not only did Jake have his uh, softened by Penny. Granted, you did, you did have the one at Saints. I'll give you that. But I did get through all six, mm. and I had the fifth wing after Jay Page was out. True. Fair. Didn't he throw up? I think we have a wing. Okay, he did. He did throw up like. <laughs> 15 minutes after it though 15 minutes after that's, i see i see no causality there yeah he, that, that's a champion and that could have been from the tequila i'm just gonna throw this out there yeah yep i'm not sure it was from the wings <laughs> <laughs> also i felt like absolute fucking dog crap after like i felt like i was having a child inside of me and just was like for the next like 48 hours it was was horrendous. it was it after wing one or two that page what just, Winkle milk and just down that thing. When what, did you down the what milk? Was it when you were just oh, like, I think after the, the second the one, I started milk. chugging. Yeah, it was the second one. Started chugging. He he yeah. finished. He finished it and then sat down and said, "We're back, baby." Took <laughs> took one bite of the next one and then finished. My the mouth milk. was like numb <laughs> at during the third one. It was like numb, but I could just feel like vibrating. Like my face was vibrating. And I was like, dude, I'm gonna either pass out. Throw up all over the car. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen if I push through this. The real question Really, is, I'm a hero if you think about it. I didn't push through it. I didn't push through it. I, I wouldn't call you a hero. Maybe maybe <laughs> others would, but... It would have been nasty. The real question is, is the Hot Wing Challenge retired as a punishment for the podcast? I did it. I mean... You didn't do it. Well, I yeah. tried. I attempted <laughs> He did attempt it. The shame is there, so... You... I attempted it. It's only right that the other three members give it a shot before you retire it. I haven't lost anything. That's fair. Yet. <laughs> I did. I had another punishment. I did a TikTok. And I didn't really lose anything. I was basing my fate off of a high schooler's, you know, It might be the worst part because you did this to yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. I totally forgot. It wasn't even a competition. No. You just made the boldest statement. I was doing it for the content. It didn't really work out either way. But it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I, I will say whatever. I think we, should, Wait, what we should keep it going. What? Because I want to see Dan do the hot wings challenge. I don't know if he'll last past the first. Does one Dan handle day. spicy food? No, Dan would die. <laughs> like we would actually have a health concern. 
<laughs> I'm in now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those were the headlines for the weeks. This week, I'm I'm lost in the sauce, but. <laughs> With that being said, let's move on to the uh, Gonzaga segment this week. I have loved Gonzaga from the first time I saw him. I mean, it's just too much depth, too much size, too much experience, and a winner's mentality. Numbers for the Zags. Lob and the finish for Kispert. Kispert. He's got over 1,000 points in his career. Look at Drew Timmy. Oh, Timmy, man. My guy, Timmy. Timmy spins Timmy again. Shot. Timmy, what are we seeing here? Kevin the Day. How do they respond? They respond with outstanding leadership. It starts with Corey Kispert and it bleeds over to one of the most talented freshmen in all of college basketball. What makes this team different this year is a player like Jalen Suggs. What a career in the West Coast Conference Tournament for Corey Kispert and what a performance tonight from Jalen Suggs. BYU gave it their absolute best shot and still came up 10 points short. The Zags march on. All right, everyone, we are back. Enough of that hot wing talk. Uh, More important things have happened in the last week. Most notably, a win against St. Mary's and an incredible comeback win against BYU. Uh, Boys, initial thoughts on the uh, WCC tournament. Are we focusing on St. Mary's first or just overall? There's no one really. There's nothing even. St. Mary's. Uh, nothing there with St. Mary's. Okay, good because I honestly can't even remember the St. Mary's game. We covered. They, we covered. They are the. I do remember that. They are so boring to watch. Holy shit, that's a bad basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, okay, yeah, we, we all said, yeah, St. Mary's is boring to watch, but when Gonzaga is super, super exciting to watch against St. Mary's because they try so hard. They try so hard to slow the ball down, and but they just can't make baskets. And so we when we get a rebound in transition, it's just an automatic bucket almost every single time. Um, so I, I had a great time watching this game. I can't really remember any specific play. We had an Anton Watson dunk that I recall, which is pretty sweet. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, not, who cares? Not a whole lot. <laughs> um, I mean, it's always good to kick their ass. They're just no one likes St. Mary's. No one does. One, one quick thing about um, the same. But let's move yeah. on. BYU. Before we dive into what Gonzaga did, Coop had oh, something oh. real quick. Coop, what's up? I'm pretty sure, to, like at the end of that game, when Randy Ben. And it was shaking all hands. I'm pretty sure he said something to the court of when he was talking to Jalen Suggs that, like, thank God that's over. Like, you know, thinking that the guys have won and done. And so I grew a little appreciation for Randy with that, you know, acknowledging that this guy's an absolute stud and he's kicked my ass three straight games. So I see you, Randy. Little, little more respect. Just the ever so slight. I mean, that guy is just, I freaking, I, I hate that guy. Like he is the worst. Yeah. I don't. I, he hasn't even done anything to me. He could be the nicest guy in the world, but <laughs> when he's on the sideline, all the times he's done the brush by to few. I, I don't think he did it this game because, like, I mean, you what, what can you even be mad about? They, they, we're just so much better than them. But like, I just hate the way he coaches basketball. It's just a boring like. <laughs> oh, let's slow the ball down a ton. Let's recruit from Australia. I have nothing against Australia and New Zealand, but like. I don't know. This is boring basketball. Yeah, that's fair. I think he did mention that he thought this was uh, 
after the game, this was Gonzaga's best offensive team, which is a cool note. I mean, he if anyone outside of the program knows Gonzaga basketball, it's probably him. It probably keeps him up at night, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's just, I mean, yeah, Suggs has gone after this year, but there's a very good chance we have Chet Holmgren <laughs> and Hunter Salas coming and possibly a Yai and Timmy staying. So I wouldn't get too comfortable if I was Randy Bennett. I wouldn't be this like, whoo, I put out the fire in my garage and then just turn around and the whole house is on fire. Yeah, Yeah, they're in a lot of trouble for the years coming. But um, the big game, guys, BYU. Before we dive into what Gonzaga did and didn't wrong, I think we got to just tip our cap real quick (laughs) to Mark Pope's team. I think it's pretty obvious they got better throughout the the season and they put up a hell of a fight. Um, you know, that was really impressive on their end because I think they are limited in some terms, mostly athletically, especially versus Gonzaga. Um, and they just put up a hell of a fight. So that's enough about BYU. Let's dive into Gonzaga. Let's see. Overall review, BYU shot, what, 69%? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> going, nice. going back to your tip, tip your cap to BYU, but only tip it halfway because they only played half a game i mean first half was just about the best half you could play of basketball um they shot great from the three-point line i you know as much credit as they get i think we should get at least you know 30 to 40 percent blame on defense for just like really leaving them wide open not contesting them usually i'm jumping on seth greenberg for you know being harsh about gonzaga's defense but this time he was absolutely right. We weren't getting a hand in their face. We weren't contesting a lot of shots. We were getting stuck in just horrible switches with poor Nemhard just trying his best to guard harms on the block. Harms on the block. Um, and then second half they were atrocious on offense. And again, credit to Gonzaga's defense for that. Um, and so I only tip my cap halfway. Um, Matt Harms just forgot how to play basketball in the second half he's seven <laughs> one and he'd be like two feet from the basket Ugh, just miss it off the rim it, it was like shemic freshman year going for a little floater yeah going for a little floater just rim out meanwhile like his first half he's like oh yeah they have a point guard on me i can just dunk this well, it, it was weird because in the second half if i'm remembering correctly it was like Suggs contesting a lot of his shots, which, you know, maybe we need to step back and say, hey, Harms, maybe he was thinking smart. Would he rather miss an easy layup or get absolutely stuffed by a point guard? I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to get stuffed by Suggs, but nevertheless embarrassing when a guy, you know, half your size is blocking you. Yeah, no, I think that's a good note um, because I think Suggs is really kind of like our second best rim protector outside of, I guess, Timmy. I don't know. Watson? Ball, Watson? We don't up. block a lot of yeah. shots. <laughs> no, we don't. But just him having that help side defense. He might be covering. our best rim protector. <laughs> it really it really is. Like his help his help side defense is is what kind of helped us there with Harms. I mean, if you guys look at the tape, he I think he had like a finger on a couple of his shots. It's just like, yeah. holy shit, this guy does it all. But Ayayo as well. He was helping out a ton yeah, with, with the doubles. Yeah. I think what, what was where they're really killing us was they were getting singled out when we brought the help it was he harms didn't know what the fuck he was doing <laughs> yeah well it also like i mean the announcers were talking about it like non-stop throughout the game when they would when harms would come up and set a pick 
Timmy would have to switch and guard the point guard, mm-hmm. and Nemhard would be stuck guarding Harms down low. Yeah. Most of the time, BYU didn't even actually get the ball to Harms for God knows what reason. Yeah. The the bigger liability was these point guards were just taking Timmy to town on the perimeter, Dude. and it was it was like they either blew by him or they blew by him. Someone had to help, and then they kick it out for a wide open three. Yeah. That Nell guy, what did he have? Trevin Nell. 18 yeah. points? 20 points or something? Yeah, he's a good shooter, dude. He's Gideon George? Dude, dude. Gideon George is a problem. Him and, I mean, we, Loner was uh, absent this game. Shooter, yeah. But like, And we always talk about how he's going to be a problem. Gideon George is a real, real problem. Yeah. He's like the anti-Ayai. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, when like the Justice League fights like the <laughs> non-Justice League. Like, that's who matches up. It's just... The exact same game, but not at quite the same level. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, let's keep this thing moving. Um, I mean, there's a pretty pretty big difference. We kind of touched on it already, but between the first and second half defenses, I think. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. We'll touch on it on what we should leave and what we should bring with us to the tournament. We have a whole segment for that, but they just got to bring the intensity every game, and let's just leave it at that. Um, every starter with 13 plus points for the Zags. I mean, most notably Kispert and Suggs tying or not tying, but beat basically beating BYU's score total in the second half with 26. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, the biggest difference between last year Kispert and this year Kispert was shown in the beginning of the second half where what I think the first half he went 0 for 4 from 3 and they were bad misses like he was open a lot of times they were giving him space and he just couldn't hit them and then I I hand up I was feeling very sad and desperate in the group chat I was getting angry and then that first kiss for 3 goes in and you're like okay the second one okay okay the third one you're like oh yes we're back we're fine the ship has Turn completely around and we're back on top of the water. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as a guy who played basketball growing up, was never a good shooter. So I had first halves where I would go one one for five, one for four shooting threes. Uh, and let me tell you, it was not easy to bounce back. In fact, I never bounced back. I carried that with me to the second <laughs> half. It's I mean, anyone who's played basketball will tell you how impressive it is to be able to like, you know, they say shooters shoot. Yeah, you say that, but like you, no one really thinks that. When you're cold, it is extremely difficult to get back into it. Corey Kisper comes out and basically puts us back in the game in the second half with those three three-pointers. And and they were monster threes too, like beautiful threes. Um, and then, of course, you know, Jalen Suggs kind of silently did his thing for like most of the game. He made, made a couple big threes early on or maybe one or two i don't mm-hmm. know yeah he did a couple things in the first half that kept us afloat but got into foul trouble and then came in for like the last minute or so but then the last freaking 10 minutes of that game i mean i i think that we can talk about this debate now who would you rather have shooting the last shot it's got it's it's certainly either kispert or jalen suggs right yeah definitely i think i have i have one thought i'll bring up in a sec but now that you bring that up, I think it has to be Suggs. I think he's got the – he plays his best in the brightest lights. I think I just I just trust him. Like that game showed me – every game we've played against the top 10, 15 team, he shows up. I don't know. I think I want him with the ball. The quote 
where what six to I think it was seven or six minutes left in the game. He like goes to Mark Field. He's like, "We're not leaving Vegas without this championship, without this trophy." Uh-huh. And you're just like, "Gooseies, gooseies." Oh. <laughs> if when your freshman point guard is telling you that, and you're down, I think we were down eight at the time. Like yeah. it was not like we were already up. And then he's like, "You know, I told you." Like that's <laughs> just crazy. And Few was saying in all his interviews, he's like, "Yeah, if you watch any of Jalen's like." I think he said like sporting career because he also has a lot of clutch football moments. He says better the bigger the moment. Yeah. And I think March Madness that's a that's a useful skill. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but... yeah. So so are you taking Suggs? I'm taking Suggs. I think I think I have the answer. Oh boy. I think the ball is in Suggs's hand, and he's gonna do. You just trust him to do what he does. But if he sees Corey Kispert open for a three, and he's of covered course. it's going to Corey, yeah. but if he has any opportunity to take like a create because he can create his own shot better than anyone else on our team i think absolutely the behind the back but for I mean, the last three we only have good options because like if timmy has the ball down low with five oh, seconds okay. uh i'll take that little mid-range i'm pretty okay <laughs> with two there were, there were a couple yeah. against BYU. Around. i think yeah. so here's what i was thinking as well and like I know our offense and like the motion we run is is so great. Like it, it, it really is like poetry in motion. But at some points in this game, I was just like, just give the ball to Jalen or Corey and let them just run a screen and roll. I was like, let them hunt their own shot. Mm-hmm. I, when we were in a rut, because clearly something wasn't working, I was just like, go let them get their own shot. And we did have a you know a pretty decent offensive first half, but I don't know. I was just like. Just sometimes let let Corey get hot. Let, let him do something. Yeah, totally. I, I, and I think the point of the game which that came was after Kispert made those three threes, and I think the score was like 55 to 52. The score, like, it, it felt like we were back in there. I think every Gonzaga fan exhaled, and it was like, okay, here we go again. We're going to, you know, go up, win by 10, win by 12. Perfect. Um, but then we didn't go up right away. It took us, like, another 10 minutes to tie the score, and it – it almost felt like we kind of just lost like all of our offensive, like just anything. Like we weren't doing anything on offense. We'd come down the court, set a screen, and then just float around the perimeter. And it was just it was weird. And then at one point, it felt like Jalen Suggs said, "Fuck it, I'm give me the rock, coach. I'm taking over this game." A couple of shots. It, he totally is the king of like taking a three where you go, ah, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, great uh, shot, great shot. <laughs> nice. I want to hear from. Uh... Jalen's hate club, uh, Coop. Oh, yeah. Do you want Kispert or Suggs shooting the three? Or, or do you not even want Suggs on the court? Do you yeah. just want him on the bench? Yeah. Maybe we put in, like... Yeah, I think after last night, I think I've turned a corner in my Jalen Suggs uh, <laughs> hatred, whatever you want to fucking call that. T- but... Took 26 games. <laughs> it only took 26 games. It only took us to go undefeated and win the WCC, but... No, I, yeah, those last 10 minutes were just insane. And I think, um, and it's like, I don't know if it was either his like press game conference or I know he was interviewed by Andy Katz earlier today. I think maybe it was that where he just said, hey, we needed that. And that second half, you know, I think Corey, he took that first half that, you know, got us his first like couple threes. And then the last 10 minutes, Suggs just closed it for us. And I think that's going to be um, the move moving forward into the tournament is Corey's going to make big shots and then Jalen's going to close it out. Yeah, I, I have a question for the group real quick. 
um, because we've all kind of talked about how we were worried at, at any point in this game on a scale at at the at halftime. A scale between one and ten, or zero and ten. Zero being you're a hundred percent sure we're gonna win this game. Ten being you're a hundred percent sure we're gonna lose. Where? How close did you get to ten? What was the closest you got to? I I don't know what number this would be. I was just like, when it was at half and we were down twelve, I was like, oh wow, like we could lose this game. That's that was kind of it. I was just like, okay, well, we better turn it around or else uh, or else this is all over. I was at a six and a half mm-hmm. because yeah. I was also at this. I was like cooking mm-hmm. while watching the game, and I was at this frustrating part where I had to really pay attention to the stove. I keep looking back, and we were just down by more and more. I'm like, fuck, 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 and I'm just getting angry and frustrated. So a six and a half for I think, sure. I think it's, we can blame you then because you weren't sitting down and watching. Blame Izzy. She demanded dinner. Oh. Yeah. It, it, for me, I, honestly, I was gonna say six and a half. I'll go. I'll go six point nine though. For the faithful, nice. Um, and the only the only reason there is because like, I, it's one thing to be down ten, but like when you saw just like BYU couldn't miss anything, and our offense looked horrible at the end of the f- first half. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. Coop, where were you at? What number? Uh, I'd say I was probably at like a five. Um, simply because they the big thing for BYU in that first half is they shot lights out. What were they eight of eleven? or something crazy like there was just no way they were gonna replicate that in the second half and i knew mark few would lay into the boys in at halftime and we would come out and go on a run that's what we did it took us a while to you know close the gap but um we did it so it's a five i you know i knew byu would come out you know no one no team wants to lose you know three times in a row to us so they would come i figured they come out punch us in the mouth and they did that but we re we rebounded and you know, finish it off. Yep, yep. And, and Zambi is away from the computer, but he told us to say he was a seven. Um, so that is uh, that's good to know. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like one thing that's kind of bothered me with, and I know Twitter trolls or Twitter trolls, that's what they are. But, you know, when you play, it's hard to beat a good team like BYU three times. And I, this, this Gonzaga team is by no means an ordinary team. They're very, very special. Even though, like, Mark Pope is a great coach. Uh, they have some really good players, some experienced guys. Some They do have some very athletic players. It's just, like, they're a good team. They could, if it lines up right for them, I could easily see them getting to the Sweet 16. Also, I could also see them getting some pretty bad draws. <laughs> so, who knows with that? They're a good team, though. It's just frustrating. People are like, oh, my God. Like, what, seed, almost... what seed would you give BYU right now? Your first instinct. Seven seed. Seven? Ooh, that's... I think they deserve a six. I think they start out the season pretty bad. Yeah. This team right now should be a six seed, but their record merits a seven, but they'll be given an eight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say eight. Um, so. Yeah. Oh. Dangerous. Wait. Dangerous. I think they're kind of a dangerous team, though. I mean, any team who can who has the potential to shoot eight for 11 mm-hmm. in a single half, I mean, that is scary. Granted, they came out and shot 12 or two, or sorry, they shot eight for 11 first half. They shot three for 17 in the second half. Oh. <laughs> uh, one thing guys, I, I, wanna st- I wanted to know. Uh, wait, is Coop talking? What's up, Coop? Oh, yeah, just a real quick question. I mean, do you guys chalk up that second half to just better defense from us or just really poor defense from BYU? 
They're yeah. really poor, poor offense. I was going to kind of touch on that before, but I think it was our defense 100%. Um, because BYU was, was not only making all of their shots, but they were getting their looks. They were running their offense with, like, no interruption. There was no hands in the lane. There was no hands in the face. Like, I was like, at least give a little effort. Yeah, I would say our defense, and then also what you were saying, Coop, where it doesn't matter even if we were playing that bad of defense the second half, they wouldn't have made 70% of their threes again. Um, but I, I would say defense. I, I, I think it's 100% our defense. I think Mark Few actually said it was our defense after the game because our defense is <clears throat> what makes our offense click. It's our ability to get a quick rebound, get a quick steal, and then get into transition. Our half-court offense it is not, like, stellar, in my opinion. I think we have a ton of options on a half-court offense, but we've seen that when teams kind of challenge us, uh, a la Pacific, West Virginia, and now BYU, it's when they force us to play almost like the entire game in a, in a half-court offense. It's when we get into transition, when we play fast, when we play to our strength, when Suggs is throwing the ball all the way across the court to to Yai for an easy layup. That's when we're at our most dangerous, and that's a direct result of our defense playing tough, scrappy. Um, so, great question, Coop. I think it's totally the defense, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one last note on the BYU game review. Guys, what's going on with Timmy's free throws? He's not making them. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I actually, I thought I looked this up today, um, and we'll get our statistic statisticians, statistician, st- st- the the nerds. We'll get our nerds on it, and I actually think he is shooting a better free throw percentage this year, um, despite like in the I, I don't it doesn't even feel like it's been all season that this has been a struggle, but certainly in like recent memory. Boy, oh boy, when he gets to the free throw line, it's like a gift if he makes one of them. Yeah. And he is the guy that draws the most fouls, at least off of my own memory. So if you want to see a fun stat, uh, Timmy's two-point percentage is 67.8%. His free throw percentage is 67.1%. Wow. So he's yep. more likely to make a shot from the floor than he is to make a a free throw yeah and going back to last year he shot 61 percent from the free throw line this year 67 so he's not a great free throw shooter folks you don't want this guy on the line in a tournament game at the end of the game i will give you a fun free throw stat though kisper just needs five more free throws if he makes them all he'll be shooting 90 percent for the year and it'll be in that 90 40 50 club hell yeah Wow. Really, the 90 40 60 club because he's also yeah. this amazing in the Who's mid in that range. Um, I mean, NBA, it's always like Steph Curry yeah. or like Nash or like somebody like that. Yeah. It's crazy for Corey, who takes the amount of shots he does to be shooting yeah. that efficiently. I think he's number two in the country at offensive efficiency. Was it Nigel or Pangos who had like some absurd? free throw percentage i want to say it was nigel i think it was because it was like i i feel like they kept bringing it up in the term it was like night it wasn't like 92 or something like that i think he made like 25 in a row yeah Mm. well regardless i mean 
Timmy does so much work for us on the inside. I'm just like, dang, if he could just get that number, like 70, 75, he would be unstoppable. But I digress. Hell of a game, boys. Uh, definitely an emotional roller coaster. I turned to AC and I was like, you just felt every single emotion as a fan tonight. Yep. And I was right there with you. Yep. It was just like ups, downs, sideways, lunges, all over the place. At one point, I threw my hat. I was so frustrated. No. No. Which hat? Threw the Padres hat. No, oh, this hat. Dang Not, it. Never the Padres hat. <laughs> um, I threw the Gonzaga hat. But, yeah, I, hell of a game. We needed that, and we needed that for March, which leads me to my next segment. Pass off. Great pass off there. Now, we're going to take a little time. The regular season's over, boys. It's time to look forward to the NCAA tournament. Sure, we got a lot of Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, Biggies, blah, blah, blah this week. But all we care about on this show is the freaking tournament. Um, that being said, you know, it's been a great season. Uh, 26, 26 wins, right? I keep saying 26. I want to make sure that's that's actually how many wins we have. Yes. We're 26-0, right? 26-0. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, a ton, a ton of ups. A couple of downs here and there. Probably only downs because we're so spoiled at this point. But I want to ask you guys a couple of questions here. First, I want you to think of one thing that you would like, that, that you saw. One thing that you saw during the regular season that you'd like the Zags to just leave in the regular season. Leave it leave it behind in, in early March, in February, January, whatever. Leave it there. And then one thing that you'd like to carry on to the tournament carry with us throw it over our shoulder keep it in our you know back pocket and implement at will jake what are you leaving behind in the regular season what i would like to leave behind um i think it was most apparent in the byu game is the lack of bench involvement um i mean good news our bench shot 50 percent um against byu the bad news is our bench only attempted two shots in the BYU game, Watson made one, and Cook missed a shot. So I would like to see a little bit more balance. We can easily make up for it because, what, like Paige said, all five of our starters scored at least 13 points, so that's pretty good. But if someone's having an off night, we just need people to be ready. So I would I would like to leave behind the just only playing five guys. Yeah, and that was kind of rare, actually, right? I feel like we don't... We don't do that too much. I mean, Cook Cook has given us, you know, a handful of stellar performances off the bench now. Nemhard did it when he came off the bench. Watson kind of does his thing, you know, maybe not on the stat sheet, but yeah, that's kind of a I'd like to leave that behind too. Mm-hmm. Paige, what are you leaving behind in the regular season? Yeah, I'm going to I guess kind of piggy off of one that we talked about earlier. Uh the first half woes, primarily on the defensive end, and I think I'm starting to see a theme here with the first half defensive woes. I think when we win big, and especially the games where we put it on teams early, we're much more susceptible to have that first half woe in like a in a game coming up. So I'd really just like to see. I don't know what it's got to turn on. Hopefully for March, they just say fuck it. We're going balls to the wall all forty minutes on both ends of the floor. Better better do that, boys, because if that happens against a good team. I don't know if we're going to be able to come back that easily. Um, so that's what I would like to leave. It it seems to me that that is almost a concern in like just the first two games in the tournament. Like 
I think, you know, we can get away with it against the 16 seed. It'd be scary. I don't think any of us want to even think about it. I feel bad for the 16 seed we're going to play because <laughs> all the coaches are going to be like, remember how poorly you started against BYU? We're not doing that again. So yeah. we, poor like Appalachian State might might need to just batten down the hatches. Plus we're probably going to get like the worst team to get into the tournament. Yeah. The last 16 seed. Okay, there should be no team we're scared of at the 16 seed. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're worried about a 16 seed. But I'll, I'll move along and I'll give you my one thing I want to leave behind in the regular season, and that would be we already talked about it, uh, kind of at length. But Drew Timmy's free throw shooting, uh, free throws. We've seen it time and time again in the tournament. Free throws are gigantic. Gonzaga has. We've dealt with the free throw bug before. I don't really see it with with anyone else other than Timmy, kind of. Like, I'm pretty confident with anyone else at the line. Surprisingly, Suggs actually misses, like, a fair amount of free throws. But give me a Yai, Nemhard, and Kispert at the line any day of the week, twice twice on Sunday. Um, We might have a game on Sunday. And so I would love to see Timmy get it done because that guy draws more fouls than anyone. He's our big man. He's usually going against bigger guys. Uh, His footwork just kind of works to where he gets fouled. So I think we absolutely need him to start making his free throws. Um, Cooper. Yeah. uh, One like quick honorable mention, something I'd like to leave behind is, and this is more prevalent. And I think the St. Mary's game is our turnovers and our sloppy play. Mm. I think we have a tendency when we're up 10, 15, 20 to go for the home run plays and just, you know, really knock the team out. And that, you know, just leads to, you know, Blobs of turnovers and teams go on six, eight point runs. So and blow the spread. We don't need that. We don't need that in the tournament. Leave that shit behind. We're not in it for the home run plays. ESPN top ten. We're in it to win the fucking natty. So let's, you know, let's make that our main goal. I love it. Does anyone else have any other <clears throat> honorable mentions for things they'd like to leave behind in the regular season? Zambi does. Well. I don't speak French. I don't read it. But correct me if I'm wrong, you guys. Is it Ballo that's in the transfer portal? What? 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 Wait, what are you put in the group chat? That was a that was a that joke. Was a... I think he said his Instagram <laughs> got hacked. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> on that note, we will be leaving all the Ballo doubt in this year. That's, Next fine. Year. That's fine with me because he won't be seeing any floor time this month. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving. We're going to leave Bolo in the regular season. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you. Unless we're playing a fucking super-sized team, he shouldn't be on the floor. I'm sorry. He's just... Every position counts in Mark. Anyways, I don't want to hate on him. But. Yeah, well, no more, no more hate on Bolo because we're bringing him. him. We're bringing him. We're and bringing speaking, him speaking of things bench. we're bringing... <laughs> to the uh, tournament. Jake, what is one thing that you want to see brought to the tournament with you in the next coming weeks? Um, what I want to bring, it's a it's a relatively new development, or I'd say just more prevalent after the BYU game. Um, it's Julian Strother's post-game videos. Yeah. I mean, just amazing, amazing production value. You know, we spend like an hour with like four computers and like three mics to do this. He just casually grabs his phone after the game, which apparently he just has with him on the bench. That's interesting. No, GoPro. I was GoPro. wondering. Yeah, oh, did, was it a GoPro? Did someone hand him that? Okay. Yeah, it was a GoPro. There's a phone guy. There's yeah. a GoPro guy. Yeah. 
Uh, and just perfect video. You get the tricky trio, you know, close up. You get Kispert yeah. and Suggs hugging. Jake, give us your best I Know You're Mad impression. I Know You're Mad impression? Is it what he was saying on the video? Oh. <laughs> Three, two, one. I know you're mad. <laughs> I know you're mad. Oh, Jake. We'll post a video of that. We'll post a video. Um, but yeah, and then the, um, his video of Mark View when he was, I think it was Instagram Live or whatever. He's like, yeah. say hi to the people. Who am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of the Stone Age. <laughs> The, the people, oh, oh, I don't like know. Like interviewing Clint Eastwood, like, but like 98 year old Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Fuey had no idea what was going on there. It was no. awesome. You could see like the joy in Fuey's eyes, though. And it seemed like he thought maybe he was like on a, on a FaceTime yeah. call with his parents. Starts or, flossing. Yeah, and then, but then he, <clears throat> he told him, yeah, who am I talking to? The people. He goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Scoffed at it. I also liked where he's like, which way is it? Was he lost? How did they get lost? They played it. He's played in the Orleans for like 15 years. Yeah. I don't know. I tough. Don't know. Tough. Well, we're taking, hopefully we can get those post-game videos uh, more and more throughout the NCAA tournament. I know Few kind of has the uh, handstand celly that he pulls out quite often. So maybe we'll get some uh, up-close footage with Strother. But moving on. Paige, what is one thing you want to see the Zags bring with them to the tournament? Yep, yep. And as the representative of this player on this podcast, I want more Jalen Suggs takeover in March. I think he's been severely handicapped by playing against WCC athletes and therefore getting a lot of fouls called on him. Uh, I believe that since we'll see an uptick in, say, athleticism strength against the teams we're now playing in the tournament, I believe he will truly shine because he will go from being like a far, far, far superior athlete to you know probably just just you know above average or not above average but better than most athletically. And I think he's just going to pop off because that's when his skill is going to show. That's when his moves are going to show. That's when his shooting is going to show. And I think we've seen you know bits and pieces of it against you know like Iowa even a little bit against West Virginia post injury with a bum ankle he was still dicing them up blocking shots um, I think he's gonna shine I think he is born for this moment I want more of that and I think it's just gonna translate into March yeah agreed uh, I'll, I'll go ahead next uh, one thing I want to take with us to the tournament is tough defense but in the first half <laughs> that carries over into the second half um, you know, we, we've already gone on and on about it, but the defense is what gets us going offensively, helps us get into transition. That's the bread and butter for this team. People are doubting our defense for whatever reason. I don't really know because statistically we're a phenomenal defense. Kempom, are we 10? Are we number 10? I think we're 11 now. Oh, BYU's, shucks. um, 70% shooting have kind of brought it down yeah. a bit. Well, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see us just continue to play stellar defense. Um, and I think, I think that'll, that'll help us click, uh, and, and it'll shut up the doubters a little bit. Uh, do we have any honorable mentions for things you'd like to see kept with us as we head to the tournament? Yeah, I got one. Um, mine has to do with our, uh, our French flash and, uh, Joel's three point shooting. Ooh. Uh, both in the St. Mary's and BYU game. He made some big threes, especially in the BYU game. He was the only one that was knocking down consistent three-point shots, and I think that really prevented us from going down a good 15, 20 points and really put us, putting us out of, you know, ever making a comeback. But 
Joel was that guy, and I think he'll be that guy in the tournament that if we're ever in a lull, he'll be the, you know, consistent guy that's knocking down shots or, you know, cutting to the lane and getting easy looks. So love to see that, you know, continue on. Yeah, I think Joel is one of those guys guys who, like, I think we're all thinking he's going to go this year. I think most people predict him as, like, a second, late second. Uh, maybe I, I saw him going, best, like, but, like I, the- I don't really know. Um, he'll probably get, oh, what? I said, I saw him go, I looked at a mock draft today, I saw him going like 30th, so he's, he's no longer a sleeper, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the tournament, with, with this guy being on full display, if he has a, if he has a game where he goes off, you know, with a three, even these backdoor cuts gets, you know, his casual nine to 12 rebounds, I mean, this guy's, we're talking about a guy whose draft stock could, you know, skyrocket in the tournament, and so... He's gonna be integral. He's gonna be an integral part of our run. Zambi, do you have any honorable mention? Yeah, well, I was originally gonna piggyback off of uh, Cooper and say backdoor cuts, but you already touched on that. Shit, my bad, uh, Zambi. <laughs> you're good. Um, I guess my honorable mention would be getting the full podcast to grow mustaches for March, because we're at three out of six right now. Because I know for sure Dan does not have a mustache. Yeah, Katie said he's not allowed to have a mustache, so I don't know if Dan will be able to do that. I just shaved oh. mine, but mine looks terrible. I can't even really grow a mustache. So is is the real thing that we're keeping for the tournament is mustache boys, including Timmy? Do we want to see a full mustache Timmy in the tournament? Because yes. I think I do. 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh god! I will... Just, I'm picturing the CBS replays already, da, 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 and he's doing the little mustache <laughs> yeah. celebration. Oh, god. Uh, <laughs> over under five of those, oh, like over. 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 Here the over. Okay, how many per game do you think we'll get of that? Six per game. Of of the of the highlight of like the replay of it. Oh, not him just doing it. I obviously that's over. But I mean of like the, you know. CBS at the hat like types situation. I think as soon as they get it, they're just yeah. gonna throw it at us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then some Suggs quarterback highlights. It'll, and then... it'll be the and one, and one going into break. Other team calls a timeout, and that's exactly what they show is Timmy doing it. Hold For on. sure. I forgot to mention this. Did you guys see and this is completely off topic, I just thought of it when you said Suggs. Suggs' fucking chest pass where he took no steps, he just flung it. And hit Joel yeah, in stride? Kevin Love? That was phenomenal. I, my jaw dropped when I saw that. I was yeah. like, holy fuck. That was beautiful. Yeah. That is ah. so hard to do. It was big, too, because, I mean, I think it wasn't off of a BYU score, but it was like kind of in that 55 to 52 yeah. range where neither team could really get any momentum and no one was really scoring. And it was just a freaking one-and-a-half-second bucket for the Zags. Yeah. Yeah, I was racing down anti-Ayai. Uh, yeah, I won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't yeah, like anti AI. All right, but we'll move on to our. Oh, Zambi. Okay. I will have one thing to say about the mustache. I have a date on Saturday. Keep it. You better keep it's it. It's our Zambi. first That's... date. She's a nurse. Zambi, if she doesn't like you with a mustache, then it's not worth you it. You got to say, this oh. ride is open. <laughs> hey. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to swap spit, man. Oh, all right. And so our. <laughs> Third, third and final category of looking forward to the tournament is going to be maybe not a team that we're scared of, maybe not even a team that we're worried about, 
but a team that maybe we would just prefer to not see uh, for any sort of reason. Um, Paige, why don't you kick us off? Who is one team that you would, you know, rather just not not have to deal with if, if you could, if we're living in a perfect world? Actually, I think I'm going to change mine. Uh-oh. Change mine. Oh, no. So sorry if Sambi has this team. Oh, no, no. I thought no, this no. team was taken. He, he might. He might. He might. Where is it? Bottom. Oh, no. We're good. We're good. Team, I don't really want to see, and I think we might get lucky, and, and they might get hot at the right time. I don't want to see Oklahoma State. It's hit me. I, I don't want to see them. I want nothing to do with them. I think that win against West Virginia without Cade and Likely is only going to give them more fire. Um, and then when they get back on the court, they're going to be a problem. I, I Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. They're scary. I agree that for any other team, that is the, the, the like lower seed I would not want to see. The only reason I think we're fine is Suggs would look at that matchup. He's like, this is how I become the number one overall seed or like pick. Yeah. I just shut Cade down. And like put up this his biggest stats, and I think a lot you know for other players are like oh he might try to force too much. Not sucks. Not after BYU. So that's my my only reason my, I I disagree. Yeah, I my my whole thing with that is I don't even really mind like the the win against West Virginia was huge without them. What Cade was able to do against Baylor though was impressive. Yeah, Baylor's a, we all know what Baylor can do on the defensive end and. They look like little flies just trying to guard this fucking beast. Yeah. And and to, to Jake's point, I mean, Kate is going to be thinking the exact same thing exactly. if he sees Suggs. So it's not 100%. it's not like he's going to bring the same fire. Um, I could care less about seeing Oklahoma State. I don't want to see Cade Cunningham. Any player that has like that, who's I just don't want to see the number one player in the draft. Like, why would you, if I had the choice, I'd rather not have to even deal with Cade Cunningham. Yeah. If we play them, I think we beat them. I don't think I don't think they maybe they challenge us in the first half. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think we actually even have like a super close game with them. But I don't want to see Cade Cunningham. Um, I do think you know for purposes of comparison with Suggs, he's just like a r- bigger Suggs. Like he's just he's six eight. He's just like a monster physically. I know Cooper is our residential uh, anti Suggs pro Cade Cunningham. Uh, correspondent on the podcast coop what do you think about this um yeah i i think he's a matchup nightmare for us i don't know who we truly put on him i mean i i think Suggs, you know would give it his best shot but i think Cade would you know overpower him in the post um watson could watson watson i mean six he eight could, he could take watson off the dribble for sure kispert actually might do a good job I don't know. I don't, I think I think Cade gets forty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think as just a fan of college basketball, I would love to see that matchup. Yeah. See Jalen and Jalen Cade go at it for forty minutes. Sign me up. Oh, they're definitely gonna try to make that happen now. Yeah. I didn't even think about that yeah. until you said it, Coop. But the selection committee is definitely gonna be like. They're like, yeah, we need. Well, this. the the problem is Oklahoma State could be talking themselves into like a four or, or like. Dude, I've heard as high as two. I, they, yeah, like they could be talking themselves into almost playing like maybe a little higher than they want to, just in the sense that like they could be a dangerous, dangerous low seed. I know there's no real validity to being that, but like if they were an eight seed, 
Like, <laughs> they would be so dangerous. Um, but let's let's move it along. Jake, who is your team that you you know prefer? Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to see them in the tourney. Um. Again, I I think this is a team we would beat. We all said we weren't picking like any of the one seeds. Um, but Alabama could give us some trouble, and um, the main reason is their defense. They just they they play great perimeter and interior defense. Um, I think they're number three overall in Ken Palm, and then it's dropped a bit recently. But they are also a great three point shooting team. So it could be like if the perfect storm happens, you know, you could have like. Uh, you know, a BYU-esque shooting night, but you combine that with a better defense, so then we can't pull ourselves back into it. So that's a team that would just give me some pause. I think right now they're like a three seed, um, maybe almost a two, so we probably wouldn't see them that early, but I just think Alabama's going to cause some issues for some teams. Does it piss anybody else off that Alabama obviously has their dominance in football and now they have like a top 10 basketball team does that piss anyone else off because it pisses me off yeah it's like stick to one thing yeah stay in your lane i kind of like it (laughs) (laughs) like yeah alabama is good they're gonna get the best recruits but seeing their basketball team good is i kind of i don't know maybe i'm just a weird person but i like it yeah i also like hand up i don't know if it's because like kentucky sucks this year auburn has their their self-imposed sanctions or whatever it is but i haven't watched a lick of sec basketball this year and so i don't really know anything about alabama i couldn't name a single player on their team honestly i mean they're called they're pretty good the sec is definitely in a slump this year arkansas is really good alabama's really good tennessee thought they were really good and then yeah. or not and i think that's pretty much the sec this year I think yeah. this like Alabama team is a lot like that Auburn team that went to the final four a couple years ago where they live and die by the three ball. And if they're shooting it lights out, like they'll beat you. But if they can't hit the broad side of the barn, they're going to lose by 20. So it's really, they're really hot and cold in that sense. Excellent. Excellent. Cooper residential Alabama expert now, as well as Kate Cunningham <laughs> expert and Jalen Suggs hater. Uh, moving along. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and go next. Uh, I'm going to go a different route here. I'm not going to go with a team that I'm scared of because of uh, any sort of great talent. I'm going to go with a team that I don't want to play because I like this team. And that's, you guessed it, my USC Trojans. This is a matchup nightmare for Zane, personally, and my family. Um, as you may or may not know, the Izgari family, big USC fans. Been to quite a few basketball games. We were there in our OJ Mayo days. Uh, and even before then, um, that being said, you know, obviously if this matchup were to occur, I would certainly root for the Zags, be heavily rooting against USC. It gets get spiteful in my family. Um, I don't think there is a world where USC can actually beat Gonzaga. I do think they pose some very interesting, uh, matchup scenarios um just based on the size of usc they're the biggest team in the country they have the best big player in the country another freshman who would absolutely challenge jalen suggs uh just just for the you know jostling in the draft um 
Evan Mobley is a freaking beast. Um, and I, I, there is literally, he's another guy where, you know, you say Cade Cunningham would get 40. Evan Mobley would get 40 as well. Actually, you know what? I take that back. He probably wouldn't get 40 because USC is too stupid to give him the ball most of the time. This is a team that's incredibly frustrating to watch because when USC is at their best, they can, they can really get after anybody in the country. But when they're at their worst, they will lose to a really bad Cal Berkeley team. And so I would just, you know, like to not have to play USC. That way I can root for them on the other side of the bracket. Oh, I'm looking at their stats right now. If you had to guess what their free throw percentage oh, was it's not for good. the season. Not take, good. take a guess. Uh, free throw. I go 70. Actually, I think they have, I think they have a lower free throw percentage than the entire pack 12. Was it like 69? 64.4%. <laughs> Timmy shoots 3% better than their yeah. team. That, oh my God. Like, do they not practice? <laughs> no. They do. <laughs> only dunks. We're only doing cool dunks. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is Andy Enfield. Right? Dude, it's a, yeah, it's a frustrating team to watch because, like, it, 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 when they're clicking, they're as good as anyone and they can beat anyone. Well, they're not as good as anyone, but they can beat, they have the potential to beat anyone, but, their ugly is so so ugly um so i i do think you know they could make some noise but but they're like kind of playing crappy down the stretch here and so they could fall to like a seven at at lowest i think at this point if they're a seven seed they're a dangerous seven seed no doubt they're they're probably the toughest seven seed if that's how low they drop um if they're a five seed they're the most overrated five seed do you think they're tougher than BYU if they were both seven seeds? Dude, USC beat BYU by like 20 points. But that was at the beginning of the season. I mean, I yes, absolutely. I think USC is better than BYU. Mm. Top to bottom. 100%. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's Hollywood talk. <laughs> Take me back to those crystal clear mountains. <laughs> All right, let's keep Move it along, going. move it along. Cooper. Who do you have? Who do you not want to see or would just prefer not to see in the tournament? Yeah, so the team I'm thinking is kind of in that, you know, 7 to 10 seed range right now. So we could play them as early as the second round. <laughs> and that is North Carolina. And I don't think I'm, like, really afraid of them, but they do have four quality bigs. And the fact that we're really thin on the front line, you know, causes some concern if, you know, we play them and – we get in foul trouble with Watson and Timmy, and we resort to playing Balu and Greg. That could be a problem. So, <laughs> um, but I think ultimately, you know, that matchup occurs that we get the job done. But it is, you know, something to keep in mind that they do have four big guys that can, you know, do some damage. Yeah, just to add maybe a note on North Carolina, you don't, you, in the tournament, you don't really want to play a team that has a coach that is just has such a great track record, such a great history. I mean, you could say the same about like, you know, yeah, sure. Villanova lost their best player, but like still got a great coach, Michigan state still got Izzo. And so there is something to be said, you know, even if your players maybe aren't that great, you could coach your way to a victory in, in the tournament. And so I would just add that to the North Carolina talk as well. I would also hate the storyline with the, what's his name? Walker or, or Kessler Edwards. Is that their Walker Kessler? Walker Kessler. Kessler Edwards. Yeah, Kessler Edwards. Walker Kessler. um, West Coast bias. Really good freshman big who he was. I think it was between UNC and Gonzaga he chose. 
So if he had a big game against us, that would be so annoying. He'd be like, actually considering Gonzaga, but then he saw that North Carolina campus, be like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you and your little tobacco road. You're named after cancer stick. Oh, whoa, whoa! I hate North Carolina. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was universal on this pod. I still haven't uh, forgiven the national championship. Yeah, hey, you know, kind tobacco of helps a lot of people. Out of my memory. But we'll move along. Christopher Zamblin, who is your team? That you would uh, maybe not prefer to see in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, originally, circling back to you, I was going to say Oklahoma State, but I would love to see that matchup. Um, currently, Lenardi's bracket does not have them until the championship for Gonzaga. I don't think they get there, and so <laughs> it's a broken record. But I'm going to have to say Florida State because they have they have length. Um, Based on this bracket, we'd play them in the Sweet 16, and I don't know. I I just hate playing Florida State. It's not fun. Yeah, I, I was going to say, is this more of like, we don't want to play them, just we don't want to play them again? The third time in three years in the Sweet 16 would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> or I guess it'd be out of four years because we didn't have last tournament. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if they made the bracket, we would have played them in the Sweet 16. <laughs> Such an annoying yeah. matchup. Yeah, I mean, they're oh. lengthy. And I don't know. Paige, you know this. Like, I'm superstitious as hell. And it's like, you can only go so many times before you uh, step on the line. Mm. For those listeners who know what that means. That's yeah. Good point. One, one more thing I'd add about Florida State as well is, like, they fall into that category of coaches who have been there, done it. Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, phenomenal coach. And so that's just I, – I love that pig, Zambi. I would prefer not to do that. But we'll close this sucker out with Dan's honorable mention. He sent it in uh, earlier. Dan would prefer to not see uh, either Belmont or Loyola Chicago. Oh, Really worried about those low seeds. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. This, this is more of a play on Dan, who seems to text the group chat that he's worried about a new team every other day. I will say the Ramblers are a pretty good team this year. Good defense. Belmont. No, Loyola. Loyola Chicago. Yeah, they're the Ramblers, oh. right? That's their mascot. I don't know. Sister or Sister Jeans. The Sister Jeans do have a good defense. I think they're top from the nation, but. Again, their schedule, not to do the whole blue blood argument, their schedule is not that hard. Didn't didn't they have, like, a really bad loss? Um, trying to find it right now. But I'm pretty sure they had, like, a really, really bad loss early in this year. Probably to Richmond, 75-73. Richmond was actually kind of tough. They beat Kentucky. Well, I mean, that's well, not much. We thought Richmond was good when Indiana they beat Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, what about Indiana State? Yeah, tough. that sounded great. They lost to Drake. Yeah, but that was powerhouse the day Drake. After they powerhouse <laughs> Coop. I'm surprised you didn't say Drake was your pick. You know, if Drake was fully healthy, I oh, you know they God. may. They, oh they God! May oh, come on. <laughs> they lost two of their starters. You can't be a mid major and <laughs> Coop. I did see a bracket, an electric bracket, the other day where the Trojans and the Drake Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Bulldogs, the, the Trojans and the Bulldogs Ooh. face off, and that is a Victor and Kyle extravaganza right there. Oh, that's dude, that's Molly's alma mater. Uh, but 
if Drake is able to sneak in, I am absolutely taking them to win a game. No doubt. <laughs> and Gross. good thing we're doing a bracket challenge with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coop, yeah good, good little segue there. Start, uh, start, start drinking those beers. That is a phenomenal segue because we're going to hand it over to Jake to go through the rules of our pending tournament bracket challenge. Thank you for that, Zane. As we all know, it's March. And not only do we get to watch our favorite teams, we get to suddenly care about random teams we never watch because it's bracket season, baby. So, to celebrate that fact, a few too many is setting up their own a few too many bracket challenge. So the rules for the, the hosts and interns. So, after Selection Sunday, we will each be making our own bracket. The loser of the bracket challenge will have to do a beer mile and for those of you who might have just studied at college let me explain what that is <laughs> a beer mile is after each lap before be before each lap before or after before okay before each lap a beer has to be shotgunned and then you run the lap and you do that four times four laps and what do you think is a good time for that page what would you have taken as a, an acceptable time for a beer mile I mean, it's just you never know how people are going to react to the beers, right? <laughs> That's the biggest thing. You're running with a full stomach. I'd say 18 minutes. Whoa, that's that whoa. is that's a long time. 12 minutes. I don't no, know. I think I think that's. I mean, that's kind of and a if fast. If it's Jake, walk. you have to factor in the knee. That's true. That true. I'll just be dragging it. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I feel like uh, anything under twelve would be respectable, especially. Respectable. I mean, yeah. Four beers deep. Yeah, I'd say twelve is twelve is like, hey, good job, buddy. Yeah. Just because I mean, I'm, you know, we've been lifting a lot, Paige. We've been hitting we the been strong running. box, but we ain't been doing too much cardio. And when we do cardio, it's very quick little bursts of twenty seconds. And so a lap. I mean, to run a four hundred meter lap. I don't think any of us could do that under like a minute twenty right now, dude. I'm not running a that. If you're doing a lap under a minute twenty, you're running a five twenty mile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but so I, the, yeah, I'm not doing that even without the beers. <laughs> yeah, we didn't all run like, cross country, <laughs> Zane. I, I, I would like say an normal? eighty second lap is like doable if you're like pushing it. Yeah. How fast do you think you could run a mile right now? Right now? Oh, dude. <laughs> At my absolute best, I think I could probably hit six. Then, yeah. Then no you're way. the minute 20 lap. You get a break. Like... Oh, okay. You obviously, it's, you get the break in between of drinking a beer. You're using that to rest and then sprinting another minute 20 mile? Or lap? another beer. I don't think you need to, like, go balls right? to the wall to hit an 80-second lap. Well, why are you guys looking at me? I didn't do track. That that you're on pace for a five minute twenty second mile if you do a minute twenty. Yeah, but with uh, what I'm saying is you're not. It's not continuous, so you, the on pace thing is totally like gone. You get like a good like minute break to drink a beer. Okay, I, I'm just saying I'm devoting much more of my time to the lap than the beer. Jeez. Yeah, we'll find out. We're getting off track here. <laughs> um, moving back. So that's what the, the happens to the loser. Winner will get a wonderful cash prize from all the losers, which they can um, spend on whatever they want. You know, maybe a nice new pair of uh, shoes. Um, 
for all you listeners, you might be thinking, well, this is fun for you guys, but where can I play? And for that answer, you get to play in the bracket. But what can you win, you might ask? One of the best prizes, incalculable in value, that the podcast has ever offered. The guest with the winning bracket, so the highest score, will get to be a guest star on this podcast. Yes, we will interview you. We will pick your brain through how you, this basketball genius, dissected this bracket and clawed your way out of the gutter to championship status. That is what you could win. You could not only talk to Zane, Paige, myself, we would even let you talk with the interns, perhaps even get a picture with Cooper. That is on the table. Yeah, with his henna tattoo. With his head a tattoo. Maybe you're going to give him the head a tattoo because it still has not happened. Can't get it just anywhere. <laughs> He'll let you put it anywhere. <laughs> I'll let them ta- tattoo it for me. How about that? Ooh. Ooh. Gross. I know. <laughs> we might be lowering the value of this prize. <laughs> Depends on who it is, though. Yeah. Oh, you got to tell them about uh, the collective, the collective uh, show bracket though oh thank you um in addition to the pod each creating their individual bracket right after selection sunday we will do a democratic bracket where all six of us will get together and we'll just vote through each game and that'll be the standard you need to beat that bracket hopefully it's not too hard but it you know who knows like you always shoot from the gut you say and like i think this is the best way to do it Mm mm-hmm and let me promise you, listeners, absolutely no research will be done for this communal bracket. No. All the individual brackets, I'm sure, will tinker and toy and substitute that 13 and 6 back and forth. But not for this first bracket. It's just going to be we see it and click, click, click. That is it. Are we are, planning on doing it live on Sunday? Uh, we, fuck it. We, honestly, we should just do it live. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I do have a, another date on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> what do you say? He has another date. Maybe we should just make a bracket of all. No, this is good. Dates. This is good because now we have odd numbers. That is true. <laughs> hey, well, uh, I know she doesn't listen to this, but uh, oh, no. it's a throwback. Nope. Jalapeno. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> he's saying he's going on a date with Jalapeno. Who's Jalapeno? Girl he dated like two years ago. Oh. Uh, From uh, <laughs> Paraguay. Oh. Nice. Yep. That, that, this might, that booty. This might be a good segue to, yeah. uh, to, to Zambi's oh, segment. Zambi, take us home. Uh, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Do's and don'ts of Vegas. Zambi, take us away. <laughs> all right do we want the all the do's or the don'ts first or should i mix it up a little bit however you want to do it all right we'll do one do and one don't uh each way here so uh welcome to zambi's vegas extraordinaire here are some tips on how to maximize your stay in vegas the first do you just you have to buy booze for your room it'll spike your drinks You'll save a lot of money. Those yardsticks, yes, they're sugary. They'll give you a hangover, but 
you know, it's never strong enough. And so tossing that tequila, baby, you'll be good to go. The first don't of Vegas. Don't get to the club too early. Anyone who's been to Vegas knows that the performer probably won't be on until 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. if you're lucky. So don't waste that time. Just keep partying in the room or at the bars, whatever you really want to do. It's up to you. Second do. This category is for food. I highly recommend doing the hungover buffets. Personally, my favorite is the Rio, but the Flamingo, it wasn't too bad. If you own a Flamingo shirt, it works pretty well. And you have to keep an eye out for the 24-7 McDonald's. I personally survived off of McChicken's for a whole weekend. Did it help my health? Probably not. Second don't, pretty obvious, don't get arrested. <laughs> Thirdly, <laughs> for the dudes. No context. No context at all. Hey, hey, I was not arrested in Vegas. I came close. In Vegas, the caveat. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> definitely take the escort cards because you can just fuck with your friends and leave them around. Say, Courtney's coming home from a long day at work and she just so happens to see an escort card on Zane's nightstand. <laughs> How that turn out? I don't know. Thirdly, these are not in order, by the way. Um, my third don't is as drunk as you may be, don't get an ass tat. I'm looking at you, Buckmaster. This guy got, <laughs> he got drip tatted on his butt. <laughs> oh, no surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my second to last do is keep the energy high. Take that as you will. And <laughs> last don't, <laughs> don't get a spray tan and forget to put lotion on your hands. Because if you have a spray tan and you don't put lotion on it, your hands also get spray tanned. Shout out Bulba. It took probably five minutes at the pool for her to call me out on that. So, yes, confirmed, Chris Zamblin has had a spray tan. No shame. <laughs> my last <laughs> my last do is you got to pregame everything. Your flight there, any events, soaking up the sun at the pool, going out, but most importantly, the departing flight. My last shout-out is to... Uh, I, we could, I couldn't remember the guy's name. It was me and Buckmaster. We had a flight, but we went to Whataburger because we couldn't find it in and out, obviously because of the alcohol. But um, this guy was a <laughs> digital marketing guy, and he just bought us a shit ton of Patron shots at Whataburger. <laughs> and so um, it was a pretty pretty fun time, to say the least. And I will close this out. Um don't lose your room key, especially if you're in a room where there's only two people who are technically in the room. Zane, I think he may have been there. It was the one that Gavney and Kevin organized. Mm. But um, yeah, it was a night of partying. I think it was Omnia. I didn't get let into the club because of uh, Ricky's day party. But um, I got back to the Mirage and I went to the stairwell trying to get up to my room or someone else's room i forgot what it was but you need a key card and so <laughs> safe to say i went out the emergency exit 
<laughs> I didn't hear any alarms, so I thought I was okay. And I just get surrounded by security in the Mirage lobby. <laughs> and uh, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just lost my key card. I was trying to get back to my room. And they just escorted me to the elevator. And then I slept on Brady Nicholson's floor that night. <laughs> Surprisingly practical do's and don'ts, I must say. I think every future Zag going to the WCC tournament should give this episode a listen. Mark Few might have to give the players <laughs> this cut. Yeah. Do on the Electric stuff. Um, well, I think that just about wraps up our show, boys. 50th episode. 50th episode, that's right. Wow. We're grinders. That's all we do. Turn yeah. content, here's baby. The, here's the 50 more, baby. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. It seems like such a long time. 50 episodes. Dude, that- this is over like 200 hours right? like, this is a lot of time about it i don't want to think about it all right well boys good shit tonight good episode go zax baby Thank <laughs> you.